Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. 17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes. And it all leads up to one winning, winning drive. Welcome back, everybody, to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of Ravens Postgame Uncensored on 105.7 The Fan. And I'm Cordell Woodland, host of Shaking It Up Sports on 105.7 The Fan, also the station's Ravens beat reporter. So Cordell was right. Rita was wrong. (laughs) Um, Ravens lose... 23-20 to the Buffalo Bills. Although for, for a minute there, it looked like I might have been on to something. But ultimately, uh, almost doesn't count is what they say. So um, let's talk. There's a lot of things we need to go over, Cordell. Let's start first with the offense. Um, the Ravens offense uh, was one of the higher scoring offenses in the National Football League. I believe they were the number one overall scoring offense coming into this game um leave the game with 20 points all of those points by the way were scored in the first half ravens lead that game with zero points in the second half um we know that the bills defense is good i believe that they're either number one or number two overall in in total defense um and so they're they're fantastic um so you know listen 20 points may be uh, the ceiling for teams playing against the Bills, but it really felt like this team was a one-half team, that the first half that they were in sync, and then somehow in the second half when they came back out, somebody made an adjustment, but it wasn't the Baltimore Ravens. That That's how I viewed it. I don't know how you viewed it. Well, that's kind of been the case in each of the Ravens' losses so far this year is the difference has been how how the other team has adjusted in the second half and how the Ravens pretty much have it. Um, you know, they scored 20 points in the first half, and then they come out in the second half, and they're outscored. I mean, they, they end up giving up 20 unanswered points uh, against this Bills team, and that simply can't happen. You can't understand how good the Bills are but there's no team in the NFL that you're going to be able to allow to score 20 unanswered and you end up winning that game. Right. Um, I thought that the Ravens, let's start with the positive. Uh, if again, because there's not many. Um, <laughs> let's go ahead and get it out the way. Yeah. Let's, let, let's get the positives out the way. I thought JK Dobbins looked really good yeah. uh, in this game. Uh, he may not have had the explosive runs or anything like that, but I just, just watching him right now, it's all about the eye test with J.K. Dobbins. It's not about the stat sheet. Um, 13 carries, 41 yards, and a touchdown. Also had the touchdown catch off the uh, off the shovel pass. He had four he had four catches in total for 22 yards. Um, I was really impressed with J.K. Dobbins out there. He looked like a guy that is starting to get his legs under him more. He's starting to get that burst. Um, I want to see him go more north and south. 
necessarily than the East and West. I saw him dancing a little bit in the open field at times. I don't think he's to the point yet to where he's making people miss. Um, I don't I don't think he has that in him just yet. But the way he's running the ball, he's you know he's running it aggressively. He's going forward. I, I was really impressed with what I saw from J.K. Dobbins. Um, Justice Hill, man. That, Justice that, Hill, you know, eight carries, 45 yards again, almost six yards a pop. Yep. Uh, Got to see what's going on with him. He ended up leaving the game due to a hamstring issue. And watching the replay, it looked like he got hurt before he even got touched Yeah. Um, as he was going to the sideline. So that's, that's definitely something to watch out for. It's never good when you have those type of non-contact injuries. And yep. hamstrings are something that just don't go away. Yeah, they, they are one of those nagging injuries that you hate to have um, because you're never really over it. Um, so this could be something that flashes up later on in the season. Definitely something to keep our eye on. And now this is yet another running back that the Ravens are down. Um, we'll see what decisions they make. Uh, going into next Sunday night's game against the Bengals. But other than that, I mean, I thought that – look, Daniel Falele, I thought, did a pretty good job today. I tried to pay attention to him as much as I could, and I'm not saying he had a clean sheet at all, but he was far from the biggest issue, I thought, on that offensive line. Yeah, because the, the center is the one who had the bigger issue today. You well, know, He what, and what, Powers. He yeah. and Powers. Yeah, three uh, – Linderbaum had three yep, the, the, uh, penalties. penalties. Yeah, I mean, Lele did what he could yeah. um, and, and the best of his ability. And, you know, listen, he 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 didn't do as bad – he didn't do too bad for his first real start at left tackle, basically. <laughs> I, I didn't think he – I didn't think he did. I mean, I saw Morgan Moses get beat quite a bit. I mean, everybody had their moments to where it wasn't – you know, it wasn't their brightest spots. Um, but I, I just thought all things considered, they didn't give him as much help as they gave him last week in that Patriots game, uh, and which was kind of surprising to me because I was thinking that it would be even more possibly this week considering the defensive uh, unit that they were going against this week. But they didn't. Um, I'm kind of taking the way Lele played as a as a win, you know, uh, in the grand scheme of things. I know everybody was kind of expecting Ronnie Stanley to make his debut uh, in this game, not a shocker to me that he didn't. Uh, next week will be a shocker. If Ronnie Stanley isn't on the field against the Bengals, we're going to have some big-time questions uh, to ask because at that point, what what are we doing uh, here? But besides that, I think that's, those are all the positives I got. You know, yeah. I, I can't really – I mean, I thought Lamar had definitely had some Lamar-esque moments sure. in this game. Um but the second half, I, I don't know what happened. Lamar included. Yes. Everybody. Everybody. Uh, people are upset about that fourth and goal situation. Look, the people got to understand, the Ravens are, are an aggressive team. They're going to go for it. And when you're playing a team like Buffalo, field goals, not uh, in hindsight, sure, a field goal looks good now. But that's, that's in hindsight. When you're going yeah. up against a team like that, especially in the second half, when you're not able to really stop these guys, you you have to score touchdowns. You have to score touchdowns. And you're inside the five. The Ravens have been a, an aggressive offense historically since Lamar has been back there for sure. I mean, they, their, their percentage of going for it on fourth downs has drastically increased with Lamar Jackson as their quarterback than what it was in, with Flacco. Yeah. That's it. 
they usually get them. And Lamar has that element that uh, gives you that confidence as a coach to where you can go for these fourth downs and feel like you can get it. I have no issue at all. What I do have an issue with, I, I don't love the play call, right? I don't, I don't love it. I, I'm, I know it's kind of Monday morning quarterbacking, but I wouldn't have hated a draw call. I wouldn't have hated a quarterback draw. The, you, the Bills literally use that call as like a staple of their offense with Josh Allen, and it works. They called it multiple times in this game. I would love to have seen the Ravens do it right there. You had already spread them out. It's I, I don't think that it's, it's not it's not on film that when the Ravens go five wide that they call quarterback design runs. It's right. not it's not a regular for them. So when you're in that type of mode when at that time of the game as a play caller, you've got to do something that teams can't scout you for. You have to throw a wrench in their plans. You've got to throw them for a loop. And I thought that was Greg Roman's chance to possibly do that. And he didn't, you know, I thought Mike Davis popped open right away on that play. Lamar didn't look at him. I don't blame him. It's Mike Davis, but Devin Duvernay does pop open. I have an issue with Duvernay standing in the back corner of the end zone, right. waving his hands. You can't do that. Like your, you quarterback, that. Yeah. your quarterback is dropped, is backing up all the way to Lamar didn't throw the ball until he was at about the 18, 19 yard line. Right. And it was off his back foot. He's got defenders in his face. You got to help your quarterback out. And I think Lamar was pissed off at himself after that interception because it was a horrendous decision. If anything, throw the ball out the back of the end zone. The reason you go for it there is because even if you don't, the Bills have to drive the length of the field. But when you throw a pick in the end zone, okay, that just changes everything. Absolutely. So Lamar, Lamar cannot make that decision. It was a horrid decision. But I think his receiver has to also come. You have to come back to the ball. You have to help your quarterback out when you see that he's got pressure in his face. The yeah. second half was abysmal, abysmal on both sides of the ball. Um, and offensively, they they've got to find something. Uh, they they I think Greg Roman and I've given him plenty of credit so far this year on his play calling. But one thing he has to improve at is adjusting to the, as the game goes on. Just because you were doing something that worked in the first half, don't mean it's going to work in the second half. You got to get in these other coaches' minds and realize, okay, they're going to try to stop what was just working for us. What's our counter? You got to be two moves ahead. And I feel like sometimes Greg Roman is just stuck in place. I agree. Um, you know, a couple of things, right? Like I, I agree that the Ravens have a real problem with making adjustments because they're up. That's one, that's one thing. I think that they think that, that they're on some, if it ain't broke, don't fix it type of thing. Mm -hmm. And when you do that um, and put the other coaches adjust, Hey, um, that's not going to work. So you come out of the second half, you get cute. And you want to pass the ball three times, you go three and out. Don't understand because you're running the ball pretty well at this point. You're getting, you know, positive yardage and running the ball. Um, and then you come out and try to get cute. That that bothered me. In, in terms of the fourth down situation, my problem literally is that entire first and goal, second and goal, third and goal, fourth and goal. I didn't like not one call made and I'm with you Cordell like I've given Greg Roman a lot of credit which I do think that in lots of cases he deserves but the one thing that I'm starting to notice is that um in situational circumstances like when you need a, a critical fourth and one you know a critical fourth and goal he is not great 
and calling up a really good play. I still don't understand the point of having a guy like Pat Ricard on this roster. If you're not, if you don't think that he could potentially just get one yard, one, you started first and goal at the one yard line. And then you ended up for fourth and goal at the three. And then you know what happens? He throws a pick. So I have, I don't understand why you need one yard and you have a fullback that previously in this game got you a yard, a three, I think that he got you uh, to, to, to move the chains. You don't have a place for him. We don't know if Pat Ricard could literally be the next Mike Allstott. We have no idea. You want to know why? Because they don't want to show, they don't want to use them in those types of situations at all. And I don't understand the point of having this dude, the point of paying this dude all of this money to only just have him out there blocking and then sometimes converting first downs when he when his success rate on converting first downs is pretty damn good. That's the problem that I have with what Greg Roman does and in and critical situational circumstances. He cannot call a good play call to save his life he does very well overall but when it when it's when it you know comes down when to you it, need it when you he, need it he just doesn't do well that's mm-hmm. a problem to me i don't understand what they're doing it really is frustrating and obviously you know it, it changed the trajectory of the game lamar also changes the trajectory of the great of the game because instead of making them start at the three yard line if they don't convert the uh, the fourth down to a touchdown, then they now start at the twenty five yard line. And this is the pro- this is what I say when people say, you know, um, oh, kick a field goal there because I don't have a problem with that, right? I don't have a problem with you saying kick the field goal there. Well, the Bills was gonna start at the twenty five yard line because mm-hmm. they were gonna kick it off once they got the field goal. You know, they they're they're at the same exact starting point, and the way that they moved the field, they needed to score seven points to put that game away or at the very least force the bills to tie them with seven points the offense didn't do that or they didn't do anything in the second half by the way so um that that's the disappointing thing is that you continue to have these short fall situations when you're up big on offense they did it in the dolphins game they weren't that they weren't that great last week against New England. And then here we go again, dry the entire second half, just dry. Well, I think a part of it is one thing, because I, I know how people like to nitpick everything. The Ravens definitely were at the one. They 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 got to the one-yard line on second down. The first and goal was a nine-yard pass to Duvernay that got them to the Thank you. You're down. right. So the first, but yeah. I totally agree with you in giving the ball to Patrick Ricard at least once because they ended up going for it on fourth down anyway. So I agree with giving the ball to him at least once out of those next three downs. Definitely inexcusable. Makes no he sense. He's already gotten you a first down earlier in the game when they gave it to him on a uh, short yardage situation and he got two yards and all they needed was a couple of inches. So definitely in agreement with you right there. Um, I think a big reason also why this Ravens team has struggles with protecting a lead. They can't run the ball still. Mm -hmm. They cannot run the ball the way that they, that's what they would like. Ball. Yeah. You, to, to, to be able to really sustain a drive, they can't depend on the run game. And look, even despite that, I want to say, like, these receivers, they need receivers bad. 
they need receivers bad. This this notion that the Ravens can continue to go out here and scrape the bottom of the barrel to get receivers, it's is nonsense. And the Hollywood Brown trade is starting to look a little worse and worse to me now because while I'm not sitting here acting like I I'm crazy about Marquise Brown, I never thought Marquise Brown was a bad player. Did I right. think that he didn't live up to his first round pick? Yes, I still stand yeah. by that. But I would have liked to have Marquise Brown and Rashad Bateman and Devin DuVernay as opposed to Rashad Bateman, Devin DuVernay, and whoever Demarcus, else is still out there. Marcus Robinson, Robinson James Poche yeah. was able to get out there today in the second half because it looked like Rashad Bateman kind of got nicked up in the game and we didn't see much of him in the second half in general. Correct. Um, but I, Rashad Bateman was just kind of given the keys to the number one receiver spot. And I like Bateman. Don't get me wrong. I like Bateman. I do. I think he's a really good receiver. And I think he has certain certain qualities about him that I have said that are better than Hollywood Brown. I still stand by that. I think he's a better yacht guy than uh than Mark, I mean than, than Marquise Brown. Um I I don't know if he has better, I don't know. I want to say he has better hands, but sometimes I can't. I don't know. It's just when you watch that slant pass that that Rashad Bateman dropped in this game that goes off his fingertips, albeit it wasn't a gr the greatest pass, but it's a pass that your number one receiver makes at a key moment in the game because at the end of the day, Lamar Jackson is making every play on the offensive side of the ball. Somebody's got to make a play and step That's up and help this guy. And what did the girl say? Stand up! Stand right, up! Right. <laughs> stand up. Rashad Bateman, stand up. Like, you know, it, it I get it. It wasn't an easy ball, it's raining, but that's the that's what separates your number one wide receiver from everybody else. And then on that drive, Rashad Bateman drops the slant on third down. They are off the field. Yep. Here come the Bills, the very next drive. And Stephon Diggs makes a similar type of catch where he has to catch it with his fingertips and he bails his quarterback out in a Thank pivotal you. moment of the Thank game. You, you Thank have you. to, that's the difference. The Ravens don't have you look back to the Dolphins game, Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill making spectacular plays in crucial moments of the game. The Ravens don't have that. They Mark sure Andrews, don't. Two catches today, 15 yards. I'm not putting it on Andrew. And then I think what, he had three catches last week or something like yep. that. I mean, it's I mean, been his, dismal the last two his weeks. Stuff is, his numbers are going down. The book is out. The book is out. If the Ravens are throwing the ball, they're looking for 89. And everybody that I have talked to has made it seem like that's not a big deal. Well, if Mark Andrews is open, keep throwing him the ball. Well, so what do you think? You think at no point you're going to have to re you're not going to have to rely on some of your other receivers. Yep. At some point, it, Mark Andrews can't be the only guy in this offense catching passes. And right now, he's not even getting the ball like that because again, defenses are taking him away, and the rest of these guys are not winning in one on one opportunities. Yep. Isaiah Likely, where are you? And yep. I, he's a fourth round pick. We shouldn't even be depending on him as much as we are right now, but the way that this offense is set up, they need them. They need them. And none of these other guys are stepping up. And I think you're starting to see how the, how different the, the lack of talent is between the Ravens offense and some of these other 
uh, elite offenses around the NFL. They have playmakers and the Ravens don't, plain and simple. That's the bottom line, honestly. And, and, and I have, I can't even say it any better than you have. And, and, and that's we're, we'll leave it there. And we'll talk about that more this week um, on the next podcast because it, it is some things that we need to address in terms of we have to start being real about, you know, what they have and what we expect um, from these guys. So we'll, we'll talk about that sometime this week. 